You're listening to the Department of Energy Joint Genome Institute's Natural Podcast, a podcast about natural products and the science and scientists of secondary metabolism. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode 14 of Natural Podcast. There's been a lot going on, so I took a little break, but I'm hoping that from here on I can get back to a regular schedule. I'm going to kick things off today with my interview with the director of the Joint Genome Institute and head of the Secondary Metabolite Science Program at JGI, and also my boss, Nigel Mouncey. I got him on to talk about JGI's vision for secondary metabolism, uh, his past in developing natural products for agriculture, and his upcoming new role as the Society for Industrial Microbiology and Biotechnology's new president-elect. It was a fun talk, and I'm really glad we got the chance to do it. Uh, I also want to take a minute to mention that the JGI's annual user meeting is coming up August 30th through September 1st. Three days of great science and all online and free. Uh, We had to cancel last year's event due to COVID, but this year we're holding the meeting virtually and registration is totally free. It's a great opportunity to learn more about JGI, hear some excellent talk uh, from our users and from other invited guests. And we'll also have these online lounges where you can come in and talk to me or other JGI staff about secondary metabolism or anything you like. Uh, It should be really fun and interesting, so I hope you'll check it out. You can get more info at usermeeting.jgi.doe.gov. That's usermeeting.jgi.doe.gov. And I'll be sure to put that link in the show notes, which you can always find through the JGI website at naturalprodcast.com. Uh, Finally, I'll just mention here that uh, for this interview, Allison was not available, Uh, but no worries. She'll be back next time. Uh, We've already got lots of great talks recorded and on the way. Uh, I'm going to try to keep them coming about every two weeks for a while. So I hope you'll be listening. But this week, here's my chat with my boss, JGI Director Nigel Mouncey. I'll start by saying this is the first in-person recording that I've done since that first batch of episodes that I did at the Simbi uh, meeting two years ago. Yeah, it would be two years ago. It's two years ago now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for agreeing to meet with me in a room. Um, Oh, yeah, no, it's it's exciting to finally be back in a room with you, Dan, and, uh, you know, to be uh, actually sitting across the table from you. Absolutely. It's been a while. Talking with me today is is my boss. (laughs) So I'm going to be on my best behavior. Um, My boss is Nigel Mouncey, and he's the director of the Joint Genome Institute. And so... Anybody who's listened to other episodes has heard me talk about JGI and what we do. And Nigel is, uh, like I said, not only the director of JGI, but he's also my boss and the head of the Secondary Metabolites Science Program. Is that what we officially are? I think that's what we are now, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's always fun to talk about, you know, what what you want to do uh, with natural products because, well, it affects my job. But also I think, um, you know, JGI's got uh, uh, a lot of directions that we could go and the ways that we could help, and we're trying to figure all that out now. And so um, having you be able to articulate that to people uh, might be even better than I can. Yeah, absolutely. No, happy to, uh, you know, share my thoughts. <laughs> good, good. So, but, but first, uh, I, I usually like to sort of get backgrounds on people. And, and um, uh, so you're obviously not from around here. No, I'm not. No, I, I grew up in uh, the south of England, in, in rural England. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I kind of always wanted to be a microbiologist. My dad was a microbiologist. And, oh, is that right? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And so biology and microbiology just sort of kind of followed me all the way through my uh, high school days in England. And uh, Yeah, yeah. What, what did your dad do in microbiology? He used to work for uh, Glaxo. 
Oh, okay. Um, before they they merged with uh, uh, Beecham's and Smith Klein and became you know a much bigger company and, uh-huh. and but uh, yeah he was he was mucking around with Bacillus spores okay uh, for a long time for food spoilage uh, kind of um, right, testing right. applications and uh, and that was funny because I later on went and worked with Bacillus for quite a while. That's that's cool that your dad inspired you because you know uh, my kids have no interest in microbiology <laughs> as far as I can tell. They they, they see me uh, every, every once in a while grow some plates in <laughs> store in the fridge when I'm especially when I'm doing brewing. But um, yeah, no, uh, so that's that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, Dad never forced it on me, but uh, we always had these um, you know scientific kind of um, news magazines lying around mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. and. You know, I would just pick them up and look at the pictures uh, for a while and then, you know, was able to read bits of them and uh, just kind of really piqued my interest in science. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then um, what, what specifically about uh, natural products? What, what got you in that direction? Yeah. So, you know, I, as I say, I did my, uh, you know, my undergraduate in microbiology and then mm-hmm. PhD in microbial genetics in the UK and came across to the US uh, for a couple of postdocs, one at... Uh, Harvard Med School and the other at University of Texas. And, you know, these were not in natural products. These were in uh, studying regulatory mechanisms of firstly E. coli and then Rhodobacter spheroides. Um, and that got me, you know, really interested in sort of microbial, um, you know, gene regulation and, you know, some pathways. Um, and I thought I'd take an academic uh, job then, and uh, um, but ended up going into industry. Uh, saw a job at Roche, and mm-hmm. uh, that was to work with Bacillus. Uh, okay. to uh, help them, um, you know, engineer organisms to produce more riboflavin. Mm. Uh, we mm-hmm. already had a, a fermentation process with uh, already engineered strains, but this was to sort of further build on those to try and increase uh, titer and rate um, and drive down the cost of producing riboflavin at, at scale. Um, got it, got it, yeah. And uh, I did that for about six years. Uh, during that time, we got acquired by DSM, uh, and a little after that acquisition, I moved to another project, uh, on vit- this time on vitamin C, mm-hmm. uh, with gluconobacter, and that kind of got me um, back a little bit to redox enzymes and yeah. looking at gene regulation. Um, and then from there, uh, I went to Dow AgroSciences, which is where I really entered the world of natural products and secondary metabolites. Right, right, right. Um, can you, how much of that can you tell us about? <laughs> I can tell a bit. I can tell a bit. So, um, you know, bear with me here. Um, there's, there's quite a bit I can say. Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, we had uh, two major natural products uh, projects that we had in, in my group, uh, uh, which was bioprocess and bio, uh, bioengineering, bioprocess R&D, BBRD, mm-hmm. uh, group about 75 people. Um, so our biggest project was the Spinozins family of insecticides, that uh, Dow had already, uh, you know, commercialized um, two main products. One is Spinozad. It's, uh, you know, natural fermentation product of right. Sacropolyspora spinosa. And the other is Spinadaram, which is a semi-synthetic derivative of a sort of intermediate in the uh, Spinozin pathway. Um, and so both of these were fermentation products. And so, you know, my team, um, we were responsible for coming up with new strains and new process improvements and new sort of ways to recover uh, the spinosins. And so we had, you know, a, a high-throughput screening platform, you know, where we'd look at sort of, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 mutants a week. Mm. We started doing a whole bunch of strain engineering efforts. Um, we did a lot of fermentation. We had a really beautiful fermentation um, 
a development lab and research yeah. lab, uh, you know, all the way from sort of amber 250 fermenters to two liter Daskip fermenters to 30 liter Sartorius uh, stainless steel steam in place reactors um, and work very closely then with manufacturing to, uh, you know, sort of get things into piloting and um, to finally get things into commercial production. So the full stretch of things. So full stretch, yeah, all the way from, yeah. you know, a well in a micro tighter plate all the way up to, you know, supporting 200,000 liter fermenters. Uh, was, was that discovered there or, or did it start? The Spinozans was discovered originally by Eli Lilly, Okay. Uh, which then merged, part of that company merged with yeah, Dow yeah, to form Dow AgroSciences. And right, so, right. you know, it was very much a sort of, you know, um, core Dow but industrial product. discovery. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, amazing product, really, in a way. Um, For you know, sure. Different formulations. But the breadth of crops, the breadth of uh, countries that, uh, you know, we were selling products into, um, the sort of extended range of applications, you know, uh, into companion animal health, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some uh, mollusk uh, treatments as well that people are oh, looking okay. at. Yeah. And uh, even a patent came out uh, on treatment for cognitive uh, disorders <laughs> in humans, which... I do you remember that? I think I came across that. So, so yeah, I, I did a very little bit lo- looking at medicine or trying to find related clusters uh, at at Warp Drive, (laughs) um, which I can say we we didn't. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's that's I'm sure they're out there, but we we didn't have them in our we we did a little bit of a little bit of metagenome kind of screening work and did find related clusters, Uh you know, but um, it is kind of remarkable that it hasn't shown up very frequently in people's uh, screenings. and, you know, I mean, the original isolate was found in an old rum still, mm-hmm. um, you know, which kind of, you know, you've got this very sugary environment, hmm. uh, you know, it's, you know, a, a compound that, uh, um, you know, clearly kills things that would otherwise consume, you know, yeah. substrates for the organ, you know, for Sacrophytospora to grow on. Right, right, um, right. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, really fascinating to sort of be able to work in this, you know, cross between R&D and, and business, and I sort of had a foot in both camps to be able to really understand the business needs and business growth and be able to translate that into our R&D strategy and plans for the work that we were doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, to really see what happens when you scale strains and you scale process conditions. And, you know, we worked really hard to make sure our 30-liter processes were very representative of uh, manufacturing. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, we haven't really ever talked about too much about the you know development and and all of the the, the work that goes into it and um, uh, yeah, I, yeah I think a good the development story is you know really around our second big okay. natural product which um, is the, the product at least at the time was called Inatrek it's a you know a fungicide that um, is active on Septoria um, which is you know a really kind of big pathogen of, of wheat in uh, and cereal crops okay. in Europe. Um, and, um, you know, the molecule is derived from a natural product called UK2A that was discovered in Japan. Okay. And um, this was one where, you know, um, where we partnered with um, a company in Japan, uh, Meiji Seika Pharma, mm-hmm. transferred the technology that they developed over to um, you know, Dow AgroSciences in Indianapolis in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not 
easy to transfer technology anytime. <laughs> um, trying to do this across geographical and yeah. cultural and language, you know, sort of uh, borders, barriers um, is uh, is even more difficult. I can only imagine uh, that. You know, but um, we were able to get and you know get obviously materials and and process uh, descriptions that allowed us to at least you know firstly set up a sort of baseline process and then really dig deeper into. Um, you know, both aspects of the strain and as well as the, uh, um, you know, fermentation process itself. And uh, we built a nice uh, sort of modeling feedback loop uh, for the fermentation work, um, which really allowed us to make a lot of uh, improvements pretty quickly, uh, to be honest, um, which was which is really exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, we also then built up, obviously, all the strain kind of capabilities, um, it was pretty funny. I actually it was probably the last time I really worked in the lab was yeah. on the very early work of cultivating this guy and figuring out how to cultivate it and uh, okay. in, in our labs mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know and so um, yeah. But we got it going and we got uh, a screening platform set up and we got the genetic engineering set up and uh, you know we were kind of off to the races then. Uh, with with that uh, project and I think this is you know where if you've worked on one product so when we've done a lot of work with Spinozans we had a huge amount of learnings to apply to this you know uh, second product uh, the UK 2A based product and uh, it really helped us I think accelerate the progress and you know we were in a you know we were several years ahead of plan uh, with hitting our targets which was which was terrific Um, you know we ended up uh, uh, working with a contract manufacturer to actually have them build a plant mm-hmm. uh, for production and okay. fermentation and transfer that te- you know our technology over and uh, um, work with them to get it up and running and um, yeah I mean it was very successful. Is that just knowing where the pitfalls are? I think you know it's um, taking a bit of risk actually. Oh yeah, taking a bit of risk and then actually uh, you know really um, you know adapting from there uh, to kind of dial in mm. um, conditions and things. Yeah, and I yeah. think you know that's. It was a learning for us that, uh, you know, you don't always have to follow the very sort of, you know, defined paths and, you know, check everything over 20 times, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can actually take some risk, a measured risk, you know. You certainly don't want to have uh, take risks that, you know, would lead to things like, uh, you know, leakage of, you know, organism, plant, sure, you know, sure. product, etc. Yeah. Um, but, um yeah, I think it uh, it allowed us to um, you know really accelerate the progress, and you know and that's great because that helps with getting products launched. But if you can actually take it far enough, you can start to think about other other applications mm-hmm. of the product that now open up because you've been able to create more product or you've been able to lower the costs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, do Do you have any? Uh or, or the ability to say, like, what the amount of time and development cost that that was. I'm just curious, because, you know, you, you talk about the billion-dollar drugs that you have to do for medicine, and I, I don't know how ag exactly compares to that. Our calculations, you know, told us that uh, for either bringing a, you know, a, a crop protection chemical to market or a new plant trait to market, it takes about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Costs are in the range of That's 100 to 120 million. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, about the same amount of time, but right. maybe maybe a tenth of the cost. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, the ag industry is highly regulated, and that drives right. a lot of the timeline. 
Yeah, you've never done anything in medicine, right? I have not done anything in medicine. Yeah, because JGI is a whole other different kind of an animal. <laughs> exactly, too, right? exactly. Did work a little bit in uh, with a product for cosmetics. Oh, okay. For a while, and mm-hmm. we we talked to some cosmetics people, and unfortunately, that was a you know a product. Uh, it wasn't a natural product as we think about them in the natural products community. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a you know it was a again another product and organism made that was then further transformed and uh, sure. sure. We weren't very successful, unfortunately, <laughs> which was disappointing. Yeah. Um, but that's, again, it was business. <laughs> complex chemistry and, um, you know, the molecules are surfactant. And that's very hard to try to scale it, you yeah. know, at least at that time. There are now, I think, more, you know, processes that have been you know, described that seem to work mm-hmm. for other types of surfactants. Yeah, I mean, I'm very proud of all the work we did. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's not really going to see the light of day. Um, I mean, that's a lot of natural products work, right? I mean, think about how right. many things that, you yep. know, uh, 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 drug p- potential drug molecules that have, like, micromolar activities <laughs> that got reported in the literature and just never never went anywhere. I mean, that's that's par for the course, right? Right, right, right. But, you know, for us, I mean, you know, intellectual property was absolutely key. Sure. You know, um, both of these products are really valuable products for the company mm-hmm. and for the business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we went to a lot of lengths to protect the technology. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean by that? We filed a lot of patents. Sure. We a lot of trade secrets. So then uh, what brought you here to to JGI? Yeah, so I you know, I'd got to this point in my career where I was uh spending probably a bit more time with the business teams um and really discussing business strategies mm-hmm. uh than doing anything really related to R&D. Yeah. Um and so I knew I was kind of at this crossroads in my career um to think a bit about, you know, what what is next. Um, do I want to continue down this sort of business route or do I you know, really want to get back to the R&D? Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, you know, uh, Dow and DuPont went and decided to merge and started this merge process. And, you know, that was pretty stressful. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, we didn't know really what path that would take. Um, there were a number of different sort of, you know, routes it could have gone and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, even... You know, the way it has now, it's uh, you know there's been a lot of change in uh, in you know the new company Corteva um, bringing these two businesses together, and so you know I, I I'd reached this time when I thought well you know it's probably time to start looking for another job and uh, you know after a bit of soul searching decided yeah it's it's really got to be back in the R and D space and uh, having worked for you know best part of twenty years on products that were you know largely in commer- in commercialization. Um, I thought, you know, it'd be great to have uh, a job that really, you know, kind of got me back to more fundamental biological discovery. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I literally just kind of stumbled on the JGI director job <laughs> one day when I was, you know, looking at emails and I just saw this pop up in a CNE news uh, job uh, kind of little box. <laughs> right, and, right. Uh, I thought, wow, you know, this would be fantastic. What a fantastic opportunity. And so... You know, whipped my application in, I think, the same day. And uh, um, that started, you know, an interview process that was really enjoyable quite a while. Um, But it gave me an opportunity really to to learn 
you know, about JGI, learn about the national lab system, um, doing some research then, you know, of course, because I never worked with the national labs, uh, sure. you know, was of yeah. course aware of them, but never, never had the opportunity to, you know, do any work with them. Um, and yeah, lo and behold, um, here I am. <laughs> uh-huh. what, what do you see as, as differences in, you know, your, your leadership positions in industry versus here? I mean, there's, there's, there's some big difference just in terms of what we do, but, but uh, I don't know. How, how is it different? Oh, you know, I mean, it's this is a big team. It's a bigger team than I that I led in uh, yes. in industry. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I mean, I think the biggest difference is you know we're, we're all about collaboration here. Right. We're all about open science. You know, and this is the total opposite. Right. Um, and you know, I think that's really excites me. I mean, this is you know one of the reasons I'm still you know thrilled to have this position and is the ability now to just to go and collaborate with basically who we who we want really mm-hmm. in a way who interests us you know and who's interested in us yeah that's a that's a really good insight i hadn't I really thought about that but that totally makes sense i mean that was that's a big part of what i enjoy about being here too um you know the when i when i worked in academia that was just you know a struggle <laughs> a struggle all around <laughs> with everything and then um you know working in industry is is was you know, I was I was in a startup, so it was a kind of a different situation. We were not developing anything; yeah. <laughs> we were literally just trying to keep our head yeah. above water and find cool things. So it was it was a very research, you know, focused job for sure. Um, and uh, you know, so so sliding from there to here kind of made sense for me, and it's and basically right. doing very similar things to what yep. I was doing there, maybe on a different scale, uh, even. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, oh, that's 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 a good point. Okay. Yeah, and I think one of the other big things for me, you know, is, is been working with the Department of Energy. Um, right. You know, right. I really wasn't known to them, and you know, they weren't known to me, and sure. you know, and uh, you know, we we had to get to know each other, and uh, you know, our program managers. Uh, we've had two over my time here at JGI. Right. You know, and, and I couldn't ask for them to be more supportive. Uh, it's been really wonderful to, uh, you know, not only have them sort of. Manage us, but really be partners with us, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, um, really you know embrace our vision and support that, and uh, you know, for us to kind of you know support DOE's vision as well. Sure, um, sure, sure. So it's very much a partnership, and that's how I look at it. And uh, you know, it's been terrific to uh, to really have these these great relationships with uh, the Department of Energy. How would you articulate your vision for for JGI kind of broadly? We'll we'll talk about secondary metabolism. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to do that, but, uh, but but what what do you? I don't know. Do you have a? Uh, is there an elevator pitch for that? Or oh sure. I mean, you know, I think I, I mean our legacy obviously is in in sequencing and uh, of course you know sequencing the wazoo out of anything that's uh, you know relevant to, to um, Department of Energy mm-hmm. and their mission and. Um, you know, for a long time, I think, you know, we've just been kind of cataloging, uh, you know, who's there in these different environments. And, uh, right. you know, and, and now it's, you know, really about what are they doing? And so it's really functional genomics. And, um, you know, there's a lot of sequencing based approaches, of course, now that we can use to, to figure that out. Um, but what excites me and what my vision is, is, you know, bringing in these other capabilities like synthetic biology, like metabolomics, like some of the more sort of, uh, you know, directed genomics approaches, uh, DAP-seq and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the stable isotope probing uh, work that we're doing, single cell work we're doing. And using these together 
um, along with all of our computational tools, uh, to really build out much more of an integrative genomics approach to uh, studying um, environments, to studying organisms, to yeah. looking at pathways, um, and to looking at you know the interactions of organisms and environments. Mm-hmm. And where do you see secondary metabolism falling into that? Secondary metabolism fits everywhere. <laughs> I think it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it really does. I mean, it's you know the, 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 these molecules are playing important roles in the environment. You know, th- these organisms wouldn't have these capabilities to produce, you know, these very complex molecules that are incredibly draining on energy and uh, metabolism for these organisms. And, you know, most of the ones that we're interested in, of course, streptomyces, for example, you know, don't don't just produce one. They produce a whole plethora Mm -hmm. of these, um, you know, molecules. And so getting to understand, you know, what are these things doing in the environment uh, and how we might be able to take advantage of those to improve plant health, for example. Right, 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 right. So then, secondary metabolism is a, a driver for our technology. Oh yeah, I think it's a you know it it, it kind of uh, hits in all parts of our technologies. You know, I mean nowadays people are really looking at these assembly line pathways, you know, polyketides, sure. as ways to produce you know platform chemicals, commodity chemicals, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's not necessarily been a focus of our work so much but um you know obviously colleagues around us especially jay keesling are uh, you know incredibly uh you know interested in this and have made you know tremendous advances in uh understanding how to harness the power of secondary metabolite biosynthesis mm-hmm. to produce chemicals that have you know really diverse applications so on um many of your uh, PowerPoint slides uh, <laughs> that float around here. Uh, there is a term called Earth's secondary metabolome. Do you want to explain to people what you mean by that? Yeah, so we, we, you know, in conjunction with us launching our secondary metabolites group, we launched an initiative at JGI, which is really, you know, a sort of pilot in bringing together all of our capabilities in this integrative fashion. And we decided we'd focus this on secondary metabolites and so this is called the earth secondary metabolome initiative esme for short Mm -hmm. and it's really you know combining our work in sequencing and genome mining uh, with using dna synthesis to express clusters metabolomics to uh, you know be able to actually uh, identify and possibly even quantify the products coming from these clusters and then, you know, kind of our uh, computational work to kind of link all this together and try to build a, you know, a, a seamless pipeline that uh, takes us through these different um, capabilities. Uh, and um, then to partner up with people that might be interested in testing these in a range of applications, you know. Um, we're not going to build out a whole set of bioassays here at JGI. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the infrastructure. It's, you know, too many resources for us. Um, so we need good people to partner with and uh, would certainly, you know, if you're interested in partnering with us uh, to test compounds that, you know, we're isolating, um, please let us know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's uh, lots of opportunities to collaborate with, with JGI. Um, we have uh, several projects going now, some, some collaborations you've started and, and some other cool things that hopefully we'll get to talk to some people more about uh, down the road. And, um, yeah, so email Nigel. He'll, he'll sequence whatever you want. 
<laughs> we have a lot of sequencing capacity, and you know, uh-huh. um, it is if people can get us good quality DNA, uh, we can we can whip them through pretty quick. So, uh, you started a secondary metabolites group, like I said, and uh-huh. I'm I'm part of that. There's a a few of us now, small little group. What's your What's your vision for for us and our group? Yeah, so you know, we we put out a strategic plan in 2018, and in building that plan. Um, we thought about secondary metabolites and we thought about grand challenges that uh, exist uh, in the secondary metabolites community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few examples of those are obviously, you know, expanding the diversity of known secondary metabolites and their biosynthetic clusters. Um, you know, how can we basically express clusters on demand? Uh, how can we do that at scale, long pieces of DNA? How can we build those, express those, and measure the products and not just do this, you know, in the sort of tens scale, but can we get to thousands at a time right, right, right. and do this so that we can not only, you know, access new, dis- new diversity, but actually go and kind of explore it uh, and investigate it. And so that sort of, you know, formed the foundation of building a group dedicated to secondary metabolites at JGI. And we have, you know, sort of two arms to this group. One is uh, the computational work that uh, Dan and uh, our new hire, Drew Dering, are, are doing. Mm-hmm. And the other arm is on the experimental side to, uh, you know, look at how we can best express clusters, how we can actually explore the regulation of biosynthetic gene cluster expression in organisms. And that's led by Hiroshi Yotani uh, mm-hmm. with his postdoc, Sylvia Kunikom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we are exploring a whole different so you know a whole range of approaches right now um to uh, really try to tackle these grand challenges and you know then getting the tools that we develop into the hands of the broader scientific community uh do you want to talk about any examples of that so one thing yeah i mean you know one thing i'm really excited about is actually now um integrating our approaches with those of our synthetic biology team who have been really looking at ways to express genes in organisms that haven't been you know, used for really any genetic manipulation. And so this is um, you know, really the basis of the CRAGE technology, so this chassis-independent recombinase-assisted uh, genome editing technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank goodness we've got CRAGE as yes. <laughs> a short abbreviation. And, 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 you know, and this being used to... Um, essentially domesticates a range of different host organisms mm-hmm. through introducing landing pads that you can then use, you know, then it, then put different payloads into. So, you know, we've already successfully demonstrated that we can express different clusters as payloads in these different organisms. Um, we've now just built out a CRISPR-based system that uh, we can use to activate the expression of gene clusters um, and I think, you know, this is very exciting technology because I think we can, you know, readily employ this across a whole range of organisms, but then take clusters from other organisms. And hopefully we've got, you know, we'll have a battery of hosts that, um, right. you know, at least one will express the cluster that we're interested in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've already seen that, you know, there's differential expression of the same DNA across, you know, a broad range of expression, I guess you could say, across different hosts. And so being able to uh, look at many all at once and just find 
the one that works best for right. your for your purpose yeah. is, is yeah. pretty pretty good way to go. Yeah, my you know my dream is that you know I don't think there'll ever be a sort of golden host that right. will be able to express everything that we would uh, throw at it. But if we can right. get a sort of a little collection of hosts that we say okay, these are ones where we have a you know a, a really high sort of uh, chance of expressing what we put in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this you know this is really core technology now that is uh, making up a lot of our kind of expression platform work. Right. Um, and uh, I think as we understand more about regulatory systems, that will also help us predict which hosts might be better hosts to, to use for particular clusters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't fully appreciate your regulatory background, so this is... <laughs> well, it's a lot on two-component systems. Yeah, okay. And uh, did some sigma factor work and mm-hmm. anti-sigma factors. Yeah, yeah, okay. In my past life. <laughs> I kind of knew, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize I was your PhD. That's cool. Uh, so um, where can people hear more about uh, the work that you, our users and the JGI is doing? Well, our, <laughs> the best venue <laughs> for this is our upcoming uh, JGI user meeting that we hold every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year's meeting is going to be fully virtual because you know we're not at a stage yet where yeah. you know, I think everybody feels comfortable in traveling. Um, so this meeting will run from August 30th to September 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, will. The link is found all over JGI's web pages. And I will put it in the show notes along with the the Crage papers and and some Spinnison. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, you know, um, every year we hold this meeting and we really, you know, attract, uh, you know, just world-renowned speakers to talk about the exciting science they're doing. And not all of these folks are JGI users. Correct. um, But they really span our core science programs, which are, you know, um, microbes and uh, uh, fungi and algae, uh, plants, mm-hmm. uh, synthetic biology. Um, and uh, so we have, you know, I think six sessions this year. Um, great speaker lineup. Uh, we have poster session. Uh, we have these little lounges as well where people can actually yep. talk with, uh, you know, people like Dan and myself. That's right. I will be moderating one of those. <laughs> uh-huh. And I even have a, a director's uh, lounge as oh, well okay. where... Uh, well. You know, we're going to make it a little more informal. Uh, people can come in and, and, and chat and maybe share a beverage uh, with me. And, sure. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. Find out more about uh, JGI or life of the director. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Well, feel free to hop into the uh, secondary metabolism lounge, too, because, you know, that's that's your turf. Yeah, great. And uh, completely free, right? It is completely free this year. Yep. 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 Uh, we already have 400-plus uh, registrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to, uh, you know, have a lot more. Uh, <laughs> it is, a, you know, an exciting, uh, exciting program. Yeah, should be great. Yeah, yeah. And then next year, you know, we'll hopefully have it around the same time, August time frame, and uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that it will be a, a hybrid, uh, in person slash virtual meeting. Oh yeah. Okay. That, okay. Um, we're actually going to try to host uh, the in person part here at the Integrative Genomics Building, uh, Berkeley Lab. Yeah. Okay. Our home. Oh, I didn't. I haven't heard anything about this plan. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and All give right. people chance to, uh, you know, to see our amazing new home. Uh huh. Yeah, hopefully everything is uh, a little bit better than it is looking right now, and uh, that that by next year things are a little more a little more stable, and we can all get together in person. Well, we hope that uh, you know um, all of the 
vaccines and uh, you know controls that uh, are in place will help us uh, get on top of this pandemic and uh, right. you know be able to um, you know manage our lives around it and not have it manage our lives that's that's the dream right <laughs> yeah so besides uh leadership at JGI you've also uh you know tr- tried to I think I think one of the the things that I really enjoy about the job that I'm doing for you right now is the community building uh, part of it. Um, uh, people who've heard me speak recently have heard me talk about the um, the new data portal that we're building, and uh, I've been eager to reach out to lots of different people and groups and try to find collaborations and also just understand what it is that the JGI can be doing for the secondary metabolism community. Um, and so that's me, but you've also been doing uh, a fair bit of that. And so uh, I wonder if you want to talk a little bit about your uh, new, new, newer leadership roles around the Society for Industrial Microbiology. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've been a long-time member of the Society for Industrial Microbiology and Biotechnology. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> we added biotechnology a few years ago, so SIMBI for short. Right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, being... I always condense that MB into <laughs> microbiology and forget, yes. <laughs> sorry. No, I think, you know, I mean, belonging to a society really does give you, you know, the chance to, um, you know, build those networks of folks that, uh, you know, you may not normally sort of run into or interact with in the course of your, um, yeah, you know, daily work, basically. Sure. Sure. Um, I think interesting for me, being a member of Simbi, you know, for, for many years when I was in industry, um, uh, you know, was that I got to know a lot of people. And then when I, you know, became director of JGI, I got to find out a lot of these people actually work with JGI um, yeah, and, yeah. and are part of our users. And so that's been really, really great to uh, not only have, the, you know, the sort of personal relationships, but now sort of more working relationships with these folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to, you know, uh, a few years ago, I wanted to see how I could actually really help society grow. And so um, I've been the chair of their publications committee uh, for the last... Uh, what is now five years, mm-hmm. um, working through two journal contracts for the Journal of Industrial Microbiology and Biotechnology, okay. um, which has really given me an insight into the publishing world as uh, we uh, changed publishers um, just this past year to uh, Oxford University Press and changed the journal into an open access journal. Right, right. And so um, it's you know given me a, a really interesting insight into you know, where publishing is going uh, for journals um, and the open access movement. Um, And then, you know, I am going to start my term as president-elect this in a couple of weeks, actually. Congratulations. Um, Which um, (laughs) I'm really thrilled about to, you know, um, bring some of the leadership experiences and ideas and thoughts and some things that we've been doing at JGI to the society and uh, help, uh, you know, advance the society. Um, certainly, you know, wanting to look about at how, you know, we can forge, you know, deeper relationships between industry and the academic society, academic scientists mm-hmm. uh, in industrial microbiology, um, how we could, uh, you know, think about, uh, you know, really helping to grow the workforce of the future um, and, uh, you know, think about mentorship and diversity and workforce development. And so uh, very excited about uh, having that opportunity. Yeah. Um, 
you know, serving as president-elect for a year, then president for a year, and then past president for a year. Got it. Okay. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, yeah, look forward to, to big things. All right. Well, great. Well, uh, look forward to the JGI meeting. And uh, it's been a great conversation, Nigel. Thanks. Thanks so much. Great. Well, thanks very much, Dan. And uh, um, yeah, get back to work. <laughs> Will do. All right. I'm Dan Udray, and you've been listening to Natural Podcast, a podcast produced by the U.S. Department of Energy Joint Genome Institute, a DOE Office of Science user facility located at Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. You can find links to transcripts, more information on this episode, and our other episodes at naturalprodcast.com. Special thanks, as always, to my co-host, Allison Takamura. If you like Allison and you want to hear more science from her, check out her podcast, Genome Insider. She talks to lots of great scientists outside of secondary metabolism. And if you like what we're doing here, you'll probably enjoy Genome Insider too. So check it out. My intro and outro music are by Jazzar. Please help spread the word by leaving a review of Natural Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you got the podcast. If you have a question or want to give us feedback, tweet us at JGI or to me at Dan Udray. That's D-A-N-U-D-W-A-R-Y. If you want to record and send us a question that we might play on air, email us at jgi-coms, that's jgi-comms at lbl.gov. And because we're a user facility, if you're interested in partnering with us, we want to hear from you. We have projects in genome sequencing, DNA synthesis, transcriptomics, metabolomics, and natural products in plants, fungi, and microorganisms. If you want to collaborate, let us know. Find out more at jgi.doe.gov user-programs. Thanks, and see you next time.